sitting patiently on the phone with me today is a rooster, a dragon, a west tiger, an eel, a representative of New South Wales City, a New South Wales Blue, a Maori All-Star and a Jillaroo. She's one of the busiest women in rugby league. Botil Vetti Walsh, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos. Hey, thanks for having me. Having you back because this is a pleasure yeah. of speaking to you twice. This, that's very exciting for me. And I think last time I butchered your name, Botil Vetti Walsh. How did I go this time? Yeah, yeah, getting better. Botiel, Vetti, Welsh. Oh, yeah, the Vetti. No, I haven't got the Vetti at all yet. Okay, but the Botiel and <laughs> the Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> you've yeah, got a, you've got a nice uh, Kiwi accent, which I think helps you, and it's, uh, I think I would sound patronising if I tried to do a New Zealand accent, so I'll leave that alone. <laughs> now, I'm um, glad I still, still sound like I have an accent. Yeah. Or do you get do you cop that much from people at home? Oh, when I moved, when I first moved to Australia, within six months, when we went back for a holiday, apparently I was full Australian. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay, now last time we spoke, uh, it was the very beginning of 2020. So outside of COVID, that was a year and year and a half ago. How has your football yeah. been? Yeah, well, up until last week, it's been pretty pretty good. Um, obviously, last year 2020 was a bit of a hectic year for everyone, and not even just footy, just life itself. Mm. So to be able to still be able to play footy with the NRLW season still going ahead. During COVID, um, I guess we can just count ourselves lucky that we had a season to play in. I know there was a lot of restrictions and new policies and all these other crazy things that we had to do, but I think we're all pretty grateful that we still had a season to play in. And starting kicking off 2021, we thought that we were back to normal. And (laughs) ever since last week, it's all rattled us again. (laughs) Yeah. And you were doing... Yeah, I know. Now, look, <clears throat> that that's not easy, and no loss is easy. But I really enjoyed uh, last week's game with the the women's state of origin match that we had on the Friday. How was that game for you? Yeah, it definitely still hurts. My heart has still not recovered from last week's loss, but it was it was an awesome environment. Obviously, I'm very blessed and lucky to be able to be amongst. Um, those girls and lucky enough to be selected in the Origin team for this year. And although we lost, I think it was one of my favourite experiences um, in Origin camp too. What, what, what are you thinking about there? Sorry? What are you thinking about there when you say that? What was what was so great about it this year? I don't know. It was just real, like, obviously the first couple of years I was very nervous. I was very, um, I don't know, scared and in, in awe of the people who I was surrounded with and right. I was a bit of a sound girl. <laughs> and this year being my third year, I think I got a little bit more comfortable. I could um, kind of relax and um, almost realise that I am slowly becoming one of them. Mm. Even though I've been there for a couple of years now, it still doesn't feel real until until you're pretty much on the field and playing alongside them. You always look at them and think, oh, my God. These players are amazing. I'm so lucky to be here. But I think this year I kind of settled in a little bit better than <laughs> stopped being such a fangirl and started realising <laughs> that I go all right. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. You're definitely – this whole podcast is going to be about how you're really on that that top tier at the moment, how fantastic it's been. So so that's how you've changed then um, over the last couple of years. How do you think New South Wales or, the, or that squad, that camp, that whole energy has changed over the last three years? 
Yeah, I think it's changed massively. Um, obviously, this year with Kylie being um, coach and obviously having Tuvi and Hawley amongst it, it was good. I I learnt so much with um, Andy as the last in, in the last couple of years. But having someone who's obviously been on the field with you during Origin and just a female who can kind of connect with players on that level was like it was a different experience. I yeah. reckon. I think she, being a female, we all overthink things and we like to know extra information that probably doesn't actually do us any good. But <laughs> Kylie being, being amongst us and giving us everything that we've always wanted from other coaches and just being honest and telling us what we always wanted to hear, um, it, it made camp feel less pressure and it was more like we could just enjoy ourselves because we knew what our job was we knew what was expected of us and we all we had to do was turn up pretty much did you know that you were going to get that kind of different communication uh hearing that you were going to have a female coach or was that a bit of a a surprise no it was more of a surprise i didn't think there was going to be much difference obviously they assign coaches who are knowledgeable and Mm. and uh the top they're going to be the ones that teach you the most so i didn't expect there to be much difference um from female to male, but when you're amongst it and she gives you tiny little information that you didn't really kind of get from other coaches, it's it's honestly, it's strange. I didn't think there was going to be much difference, but I, I felt quite quite good about that camp. Yeah, great. Okay. And also the other thing that I noticed this year was there were heaps more social media stuff about it or the quality of the social media or, or the availability of it was way up. Did you feel that? Did you feel like there was a lot more stuff yeah. happening around you? Yeah, it, it was amazing. We had the um, guy who does the New South Wales men's um, Instagram page and he's like, he's mean as. He's got some cool as edits like he like his social media just his content that he produces is mm. like it's it's pretty up there it's um especially with the younger generation so although we didn't get to do many um like clinics or going out and like socializing or promoting the game yeah. physically i think he didn't well, because of covid we obviously were restricted mm. to what we could do he um really engaged our fan base I reckon and um, made it as if they were there because they were able to see so much inside our camp on the Instagram page yeah no I I think he did like a mean job yeah and and I think that really helped with the build-up instead of it just kind of being on and some people like a a part of the rugby league community knowing it's on and being excited and then another part of it finding out on on Friday night or or in the lead-up that it was on I felt like the the entire rugby league community knew it was happening was excited that it was happening and it really felt like part of the festival do you think it also, because yeah. it was on that standalone weekend, really helps as well? Yeah, I think that was good because then it kind of drew all the 40 attention to obviously our game and then the men's game on the Sunday. So I think it was like a, it was a good plug by, by the organisers. <laughs> yeah. They did a good job there. <laughs> what about, because obviously it's got to move, well, in my humble opinion, eventually we've got to get a three-game series because that, that game in particular yeah. was so close and, and it, it was – we could have played another 80 minutes and it could have been 12 all. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we need three games. How is it going to work then? Because we've just said that that standalone thing was really great. How, do we move them to Wednesday nights? Do they stay on Friday nights? What would be your preference on how we get three games going? Oh, I, don't, I reckon we should just be curtain raisers for the men and get one, um, one standalone game, one joint game, and then maybe the grand final being the decider or even the, like the middle. I don't know. 
I, I just want us to get three chan- chances to win that shield back. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We should yeah. only ever need one, but three just to n- nail the coffin in. Yeah. Then we get some sweeps, get three games in a row, we get to beat them. I would love that. Yeah. And then we get to move it around. We have one in Queensland, one in Sydney. Yeah, one in New South Wales. One rural to get all the, you know, the country kids and country people involved. Like, let's just grow the game real fast. Yeah. And, well, I mean, it really feels like it is. I don't know if that's your impression too, but the women's game in Australia and New Zealand does seem to be moving quite fast. Yeah, I reckon so. Like, I can remember when I first started, only a couple of years ago, we were paying for Rego, and now, look, we've got two competitions. One's considered, like, we're pretty much elite um, content on, on TV and stuff, and then we've got our normal comp that's also just as big. So mm. I think it's growing at a rapid rate. We've got all the, like, the young girls coming through, the talent that is coming through is crazy. Like the next couple of years, see you later to us and watch out with <laughs> watch out for the young girls coming through because some of the talent that we see in just the younger grades, like the Tasha Gale competitions, yeah. even some of the like under sixteens and under fourteens club games that we've gone out to watch is like the talent coming through is scary for us that are up here <laughs> to try and be able to maintain a spot once they hit the right age. Yeah, right. Now, what do you think about as a uh, New Zealander that we also put an origin game in New Zealand because we often moved into Melbourne and places like that if we want to talk about growing is is putting a game in New Zealand a good idea or is trying to keep that kind of state of origin thing in Australia a better idea I reckon I reckon keeping state of origin especially in the females game I reckon keeping it and growing it rurally yeah. within Australia would probably be more beneficial um Obviously, when I, I grew up in New Zealand, I was born and raised for most of my life in New Zealand, and I didn't even know about State of Origin. So right. the, the, passion, the passion probably isn't there as much as it is in rural areas within Australia, yeah, if that enough. makes sense. No, no, that makes heaps of sense. What I mean, the- we, all watch it. we all watch it over there, but it's not like you don't feel the hatred that New South Wales and Queenslanders mm. have towards each other. Unless you're over here and you're living it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes heaps of sense. Now, you've, you've talked about how you're scared about the, the next generation coming through. What other changes do you really want to see happen uh, in the New South Wales, Queensland areas in, in female rugby league over the next five years? I think maybe even having, obviously, we have the Harvey Norman win, winner and they've got the BHP winner of their comp. Even bringing those top four or top two of each comp um, down and having like a little Queensland New South Wales derby would yeah. be pretty, pretty cool. That's an excellent idea. I mean, have you, that, yeah, have you just, told anyone that one yet? You could be a millionaire. No, I just thought of it now. <laughs> yeah. I reckon it would be really good. Like, and then at least we've, it's almost like a double origin series. Yeah, no, and that's that really almost smart. like a playoff for origin there. At the very least, we've got to do a Super Bowl thing where the two clubs play each other. The two grand final winners have to play each other. But I love, I love having a series. That's a really great idea too. Yeah, I reckon that'd be cool as. And then it's just growing the game. It's good quality footy, and then it, obviously it's another chance to beat Queen fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for somebody who said they were born and raised in New Zealand, you, you know, really speak like a Welshman. I love it. I refuse to wear anything maroon anymore. I don't buy shoes that are maroon. If I want really fast <laughs> good boots, they have got to be they've got to be red. They cannot have any tinge of maroon in them. Amazing. Uh, now let's talk about something a little closer to my heart. Uh, were you a little disappointed seeing that the West Tigers didn't get an NRLW license? Yeah, I was gutted. 
I was really hoping and I was actually thought that we had the chance. I mean, we've got the Raw Academy going. Yeah. Um, you know, we're building from the grassroots. We have uh, plenty of talent coming through and plenty of girls' interest coming through um, in our district. So to miss out on an NRLW licence, it, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it really does suck. And and the team that you're captaining, the the Harvey Norman's women's premiership team, have done so, so well this year. And unfortunately, because of the truncated COVID series, we changed it from six to four going through. And I think we were sixth when they when they announced that. So, yeah. oh, I mean, how did that, I mean, I know you, it's a COVID thing, so you, there's not much you can do about it, but would that also make your stomach drop when you heard that news? Yeah. So, uh, obviously, um, our deciding of the top six came down to the weekend while we're all in origin camp. So on the Saturday, we were all stressing out, trying to figure out who needed to beat who to get as many points to sell us a spot in the top six. And then obviously, I know it was a stressful Saturday. I can tell you that. Um, And then obviously with COVID happening and us getting the news that it's just going to be top four was, yeah, again, sucked mm. i mean like when you, you you prepare yourself and try and produce the best what you can throughout the whole season but for it all to be taken up away from you pretty much um because of covid really and because of the uncertainty of covid it, yeah it's pretty pretty hurtful actually mm. to be honest and and to think we still had another week in us to celebrate with our team and play with our team for it to then yeah. be taken away and and you can't actually, because obviously a few of us were missing from that um, last game because we were in camp or away for or injured and stuff like that. And to think that we really worked hard to come back for that final game, whether it was the, just the last game and we got knocked out in that um, semi or if, if we made our way to the next stage, it, it sucked that we don't actually have that um, have that chance to have a crack. We've been quite good for a while. Latasha Gale and the Women's Premiership have been quite good for a couple of years. Why is it that that club is doing such a good job with its female pathways? Oh, I just think the talent that we've started to bring through and obviously keeping it around for a couple of years and the girls have, having that opportunity to play for the same club for a few years has meant that we're able to kind of lead them through the system and get them into the top team much easier than having to pick and choose and learn a whole new way of the game mm. by um, obviously playing from different clubs. And um, the, especially this last couple of years, Tigers have, the obviously NRL club Tigers have really given us a, a much more support than the first year. And um, I think they've started to join us with the men's team on different occasions with clinics and stuff like that. So I think the interest and the... I think the idea that the club is here to look after the girls and them seeing that compared to what they get from their local footy clubs is um, what's probably making them more hungry to play better and do well. Right, right. And that's probably true across a lot of New South Wales because we had the addition of the Glebe Dirty Reds and the Helensburg Tigers this year. In fact, I think the Helensburg Tiger Lilies ended up in the top four, so this is their first yeah. year they're going to make the finals. Is it is New South Wales generally doing a really good job with, with the growth of the women's game? Yeah, I think so. I think the addition of the two teams um, has been quite good, although um, Glebe probably would have enjoyed or would have 
brother had done a bit better in the comp this year. I think <laughs> yeah. them, they still competed, and I, I give them raps where rappers um, do. Where they competed every every game. They didn't pull out during the season. They they did um, you know their best to finish the season, and you know they competed with a couple of clubs. So I think slowly pulling in extra teams is the best idea of growing the game and not trying to chuck in an extra five teams that don't do too well. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned before the BHP Cup, because Queensland's also working well in their things. Do you think their cup, like, do you watch that much? Do you watch much of that competition see those girls? I haven't watched much of their competition, but I um, see that it doesn't go for very long. Yeah. I think they've got maybe eight teams in their comp, and I think they just do one round and then into finals. Yeah. yeah I mean, if you look bit... at the Broncos, they've got a, an amazing <laughs> team that has been unbeatable for the last three years. So I'm sure they've got much more talent in their comp that can, um, you know, field a couple extra teams. They have the, the Valleys, yeah. who ended up being in the um, grand final this year. So the more they can add a couple extra teams and be able to drag their comp out for a little bit longer, the better. Yeah, I think the Valleys is the one that has Brigginshaw in it who went undefeated until the grand final and then they lost on the yeah. bell, which is, you know, amazing competition. I'm glad it's happening, but you're probably right. It looks like it can possibly be extended a bit more. The BHP yeah. Cup, the New South Wales Comp, they're, they're obviously big places to get scouting for NRL teams and particularly um, yeah. this year, this we've had an addition of three teams with the Titans and Knights and the Eels. Now, as a fan, that's great for me. It means more teams, more games, more investment in the NRL, from the NRL, which is great. What, what does it look like to you, though, as a player, seeing those three new teams turn up? Yeah, it's good. I, I think um, just the idea that the NRL are now backing the women's game and they're starting to invest much more money and much more time um, into our game is, is amazing. And it's good to see, even if, I, obviously, we still haven't won the comp yet in an NRL team that I've been in, but just the idea that the NRL are backing us now, they do see the um, the quality that is coming out of the women's game and the interest from everyone else, from the fan base um, with the women's game, it's, it feels good. It it's, like, makes your heart feel warm. Oh, great. And and is your <laughs> hatred for Queensland also then leaked to Brisbane? Because you've now... Well, once you, you've been in almost every Sydney team except for um, this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's more envy than hatred <laughs> so far. I think hate is the perfect word to describe state of origin, but when it comes to a team that you just can't beat, I think you've just got to envy the talent and they, became, they become the team to beat. They're not the team to hate. They're the ones that you do everything to make sure you beat them. Yeah, well said. Now, look, it's well documented how much I love and respect you as a player, but it was so heartening. It made my heart feel warm to see you announced as a marquee player for the Eels. This is exactly what we were talking about at the top when you you said you're starting to feel like you were part of that Origins side for real. You could see now in the marketing and everything that the Eels are doing that they are they also see you as that player. So the other girls that were named were also top tier players, and so it must be finally great to to feel yourself maybe and to see you recognised on that tier. Does does seeing girls like Penatani or Tafua being in the same thing as you went? Did you know that they were being signed before you signed? Like, does that come into any anything for you? Who's going to um, be there? Yeah, I think. Uh, uh... Obviously, it's more so what the coach can offer in regards to can he make me a better player? What can he do to help me be a better me? 
Um, but obviously who's around me is also important because I, when I enjoy my footy and I have fun, um, obviously I play much better fo- footy. And if I'm going to go to a whole new club and start all over again, um, the culture and the people who are there and what they value um, with the game is, yeah, I reckon it's pretty important. When I got told, I think as girls, again, we like to know all the information um, <laughs> that we probably don't actually really need to know. But as soon as I got told, I was straight onto the phone and seeing who else got sent to Para. And as soon as I seen Mima was there and um, what Mima has done for mm. League and especially the um, women's league in the Western Sydney, yeah. um, I was all for it. As soon as I seen Mima was there, um, I was uh, pretty keen to sign. I've had the uh, absolute pleasure of meeting her once as well but through her work when she was a rooster. She came out um, and did some work with some kids that I was with at the time and, and she was so personable, so easy to talk to, so great with those, with, with everyone, adults and kids that like. And it, it just really spoke to me then and there that the kids were having a great time but I also just realised how much of a great leader she must be with lots of different types of people because I imagine when players come together, they're not... You know, one football player is not all the same, so you'd have a lot of different people and personalities come into a team. She must just be such a great leader to have on the field and off the field. Yeah, exactly. She's done amazing things for um, women's footy. So to be under, be amongst her and, and have been under her um, leadership and captain role with the city, you, she's a, a leader that you know she's going to put everything on the line to make sure everyone's okay and, and she wants to help you become the best player as well. So playing under her and being in a team that has her in it, you you know you're pretty sweet and she'll put her body on the line to make sure you're pretty sweet. Now, you mentioned before that you wanted to know the coach because you want the coach to make you the best person that is. It's Dean Witters has been named as coach of the Eels. Have you had much to do with him in the past? No, I haven't really had much to do with um, Dean before. I've heard plenty of stories of how well and how talented he was as a player mm. and I know he's been amongst the women's game for the last couple of years doing the Rabbitohs girls and also um, the Indigenous All-Stars girls so th- the fact that he's been a talented player and he's also been amongst the women's footy that's two pretty good good references there. Yeah and have you had a chance to speak to him since you got signed? No, um, yeah, no. Nah. Unfortunately, no, I haven't um, heard from it at all. Most of our dealings have been done with um, Andy Patmore, who was yeah. with us in um, State of Origin for the last couple of years. So he's a pretty onto it fella. So if he's trusting Dean Witters and um, backing him, then he must be pretty mean. <laughs> yeah, so Andy, Andy, you mentioned that he's been named as a manager and, and you were with him in New South Wales. Did you also, was he part of the Roosters Club when you were there as well? No, he was down at the Dragons oh, the last Dragons. year. Okay. So he was helping out with the Dragons girls. Okay, and what 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 do you, what qualities do Andy bring to a team like the Eels? Why would the Eels want Andy on their on their team? Oh, Andy's just full of knowledge. Honestly, when you do some of the drills that he would put us through for state of state of origin, and even just for some of our clinics that he put us through, the just the skills and um, knowledge that he can give you and help you be a better player as, as second to none. I haven't had any of his drills done before and everything he used to teach us at Origin, I used to try and take it back to club and mm. give it to our coach so that we could be just as good as what he can make players. Um, but he's a cool fellow and he's very honest. I think 
um, when you're dealing with female footy players, you, we get a lot of coaches who love to sugarcoat and tell you exactly what you want to hear. Really? But with all my, yeah, yeah, it's very painful. My dad is a very honest man, so when um, when I ask for feedback, I'm asking it as in, you tell me before my dad comes and tells me the real truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and why do you think that is? Do you think that's a co- like a cultural, social thing that, they, that they're trying to look after you or try and be nicer to girls or, or they're worried you're not going to want to play? What's the deal? I think I think it could be just um, to keep peace with some play, some girls. Obviously, some girls have bigger personalities. So, um, yeah, I, think, I, I don't know. I've never had to deal with anything like that because yeah. my surroundings have always been people who tell you how it is, and if you don't like it, that's too bad. And if you listen to it, you're obviously going to get better. So, yeah, I didn't have that until, obviously, I come um, into these kind of bigger teams where they're a little bit nicer to you. Yeah, how bizarre. Because yeah, you're very, all professional athletes. Surely you're all there for feedback and everyone. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But you'll, you'll, learn, you'll learn when you see more female athletes that uh, some aren't ready for that kind of... Um, ah, a type of feedback. Yeah, aren't ready for that type of feedback. Okay. Um, well, not everyone can be the fullback for the Jillaroos, mate, so that's, that's how you got there. <laughs> you, um, you also have a foot in the New Zealand world. Is there much um, movement in that part of the world domestically there? I, I know that they've just had to shut down the Warriors team for this year for COVID, but do you know if there's much else happening over there? I'm not too sure um, about how their comp's working out, actually. I know there's a few girls who are making the move over to... Um, Australia just so that they can have another crack at NRW, which is awesome to mm. see, especially now that they've taken the Warriors out of the comp. Um, but other than that, I have like you don't. I'm trying to recruit and help get up <laughs> anyone back home to yeah. come over here and and have a crack because obviously they don't have this kind of competition so easily accessible over there. So mm. like the opportunity to come over here and you know have a real crack and and in the future even stay over here and um, live and, you know, live the life of us over here. And, and, um, if I can help any of the girls back home do that, then that's obviously uh, a big, you know, a warm fuzzy in my heart as well because obviously we were, I was once a young girl trying to have a crack in New Zealand and having to move to Australia is never easy, but it obviously turns out pretty okay when – when you get the opportunities and see what um, Australian life has to offer. So, yeah. Now, you mentioned before about about um, the Brisbane Broncos and, and there's a great point about how New Zealand ladies need to move over here to try and make this work if they want to try and make the NRLW work. But how's it going to work in the future when we don't have as many teams in Sydney and you're asked to play or you're signed to, say, the Melbourne Storm women's team, but you're, you're working for a fantastic club, a fantastic company like Nestle, and you have bosses, you mentioned, that are, are huge football fans. Now, they're happy for you to take time off to go represent New South Wales because they see the value in it because they're also New South Welsh people. Your boss is also, you, you mentioned, a, a Parramatta Eels fan, so he's, a, you know, over the moon that he now has a, a first grader playing for <laughs> An NRLW player yeah. in, in, his, in his office. Yeah. So... <laughs> How is that going to work, though, in the future, though, when you get signed, say, to Melbourne or, or if you do get moved to the Titans? How, how, do, how do we help the women's game grow while also not completely scuttling their, their normal lives? Yeah, well, I think that's just where 
Um, we've got to invest, the NRL's got to invest and see that obviously our comp isn't a full year, full season type of thing. So although it's a great opportunity to go elsewhere and learn um, and be amongst those type of uh, clubs, it also means that you're going to give up, say, three months of your uh, job and possibly lose your job to yeah. chase your dream for three months and then have to come back and try and find a whole new lifestyle yeah. again, which which is hard. So uh, the more we can show interest in the women's game, the more we can get out to games, the more we can watch. Um, obviously, the interest will show the NRL that they need to start uh, continue to um, invest into us so that we can be fully paid or have a full season where we don't have to work yeah. as well as as play. That's the end goal, I think. That's what makes it really hard for some girls to to want to chase their dream of playing NRLW because they've obviously been assigned to a club that's not close and have to move their whole life to there for only 10 weeks and then lose a lot of job security or lose a lot of things and then come back and have to start all over again. So it makes it hard, but obviously dreams aren't always easy. So you got to make a few sacrifices. There's mums in the teams that obviously from New Zealand that are coming over, they're going to have to leave their families for 10 weeks to come and chase the dream of being an NRLW player or being an elite football player and then, you know, missing out on 10 weeks of life with their children, Mm. which obviously money is great, but it doesn't bring back the time that, you you know, you spend away from your family. So. Mm. Far it out, does man. become a little bit hard. <laughs> so the only real answer is to try and make it a full-time job, to pay people enough for it to be their only job. There, there is no other way. Even if you pay, even if we paid you like a lot more money for that three months, that's still not a way of fixing this because you can't ask people to pause their lives for three months, even for something as fantastic as playing top-grade football. That's not that's yeah. not sustainable, and we're going to lose people to their their normal lives because yeah Yeah. because and the other terrifying thing is i would never play football now i was never particularly good at it but even even (laughs) playing um oztag now worries me because just pulling up some injuries are also going to scull my work life yeah your workability yeah and my and home life so the fact that you guys go out there you know in a real environment where you're really going to probably get injured uh instead of my you know scared running it's incredible that, that you would do that um for us because and, and for yourselves so yeah so the only real answer that you can see is, is that it needs, needs to be a full-time job that that it really yeah. needs to be. and mm. even if even if that means our season isn't a full season but then the clubs are offering you promotional gigs or marketing gigs within right. the club so they they know the flexibility that requires to play footy because there's so many people that have like i'm blessed i've got a massive support system and i can lean on my parents or my siblings or my partner and, and it'll all be okay, but you'll get girls who are super talented who might not have as strong as a support system as what others do and not have that ability to lean on anyone and have to try and find ways to support their life back here as well as chase their dream to be at the top. Now the next big hurdle of, of chasing your dream at the top is the World Cup coming up. Now, I'm so excited about the World Cup, but I'm also very conscious of the fact that Australia's going back into to lockdowns all over the place. England's having a bigger outbreak than we are at the moment. How are you feeling at the moment about the World Cup? I'm assuming, by the way, you're getting selected, so let's just move past that. Um, yeah, how are you feeling about that coming up later in the year? 
Yeah, well, that's obviously an exciting part of the year. It's pretty daunting with all this COVID craziness on how it will work if it does. Um, but yeah, if, if there's a possibility to be a part of a World Cup, I'm re- I'd be super stoked. Whether it means we have to quarantine for ten years or whatever it may, <laughs> yeah. whatever it may be, I think the opportunity to say I played for Australia in a World Cup um, would be amazing. And and it is a little bit scary though to think that you have to go, you know, over to England where it's a bit where COVID's a bit crazy at the moment. COVID in Australia is a bit crazy at the moment as well. And um, again, it's about sacrificing what the normal stuff you have in life and chase the dream of being able to say, I'm a Jillaroo that played in the World Cup of 2021 during um, all this crazy COVID stuff. Man, I can hear the, I can hear the pride in your voice just saying that sentence. That made me excited Yeah, for I you. know. It sounds strange. It I sounds amazing. I really hope I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> Every other year. Okay, so let's just say you, you get vaccinated, the girls get vaccinated, everyone goes over there, you have to do whatever annoying protocol it is that they ask you to do with a week in, a week where you guys just train with yourselves and, and you're locked down together or whatever. Um, what are you looking most forward to in that competition? What, what, what is it about a, a tournament like that that makes you start to think this is going to be amazing? Is it the game time? Is it the, is it the time with the girls in the hotel? Is it the training? What, what is it that you start thinking about? I think it's a bit of everything. I think obviously um, when you go into camps, whether it be a weekend camp or a week-long camp, you, have, you, you create the, like, the best memories with the girls that you're surrounded by and you form these friendships that you never really can find anywhere else. So that's like a massive win regardless of even if you feel the make it on the field or not, the experiences and the memories you make with in the team is, is pretty awesome. And then obviously just training and playing against the best in the world and hopefully taking home that cup at the end of the tournament and be able to say, I, I play for the club, I play for the jewelers and we're the best in the, in the world at the moment for yeah. the next four years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's pretty exciting. Now, just to, just to wrap that up, you've got the Cook Islands, you've got France, and you've got New Zealand, which is a true group of death. Um, how do you see that playing out? Oh, the New Zealand are pretty like they're all clubs of uh, all countries at the moment are developing so quickly mm. that um, you know two two World Cups ago you could just say it was New Zealand and Australia that competed in every other country wasn't um, very close, but how fast the game's growing and how many uh, from each country are um, playing in the top, you know, the top comp of Harvey Norman or NRLW now. Um, you know, last year, Papua New Guinea, well, say last World Cup, Papua New Guinea wasn't even thought of. And now if you look at the Nines World Cup, yeah. they're doing really, really well and they're competing. They beat England. So, you know, all these club, all these countries that once weren't um, very not very good, but once weren't at the top level and now skyrocketing and surpassing club, like countries like England who have been um, dominant, like league dominant for the last how many World Cups. Mm. So you never know really. The, the game's growing and the talent that are coming through is so, so amazing. So oh, I don't really know as long as Australia's on top, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> great. That's a, so it'll be close, but we're going to win everything. It's essentially what I just heard yeah. you say. That's great. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, great. Well, Bevo, BVW, this has been great. Has, is there any other questions or comment you got before we finish? Uh, nothing yet. Not that I can think of. But thank you so much for having me, uh, having me. I think it's really cool to be able to 
say some sentences out loud to myself or to to you on this podcast and start to manifest it and believe it so that by the end of the year, hopefully I'll be saying them just as loud and proud. Yeah. And look, it's been an absolute pleasure to support you. I unfortunately am not going to support the Parramatta Eels um, this <laughs> season. My, my grandmother is from Newcastle, and so I'm, I'm going to have to adopt the Newcastle oh, Knights. Nice. Um, and the underdog, as long as it's the underdogs. Yeah, well, also, I had the pleasure of watching and commentating a whole bunch of games for New South Wales Rugby League TV, and the Knights had such an incredible um, Tasha Gale uh, team in there, and they've just got such a great pathway. They've they've employed all of their coaches full-time in that place to try and get as, as good a pathway as they can do. So from a grassroots level, Newcastle looked the goods anyway, so they're a good team. Yeah, yeah. Watch out! That watch the space. Newcastle have got some great um, talent coming through. And and according to your pattern, you'll be playing for them next year as well. Um, so that'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about loyalty when it comes to footy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. Well, have a great rest of your afternoon. Thanks for today. Thank you.